0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.
1: Well, before I introduce my final guest this morning, I'd like to bring an important matter to your attention. As we know, due to COVID restrictions, companies across the county have cancelled their Christmas parties this year. Each year, companies spend a lot of money on this night out, but I'm asking companies to donate the money that they would have spent on a Christmas party to a charity of their choice across County Wexford. Christmas is a time when so many people in our communities require that little extra help and I would urge business owners, in the spirit of Christmas, to help the people that need it most right now. Well, my final guest, Amy Connolly from Sculpted by Amy, is no stranger to Business Matters and I'm delighted to have her back on the show. Amy, you last joined me on Business Matters in 2019, so how has the Sculpted by Amy brand developed over the past two years?
0: Firstly, isn't it mental to think that back then we didn't even live in a world close to this, which is just crazy.
1: That is for sure. Um,
0: yeah, no, the last few years have been amazing. You know, it's been it's been very challenging. It's been very growth orientated. Uh, the team has expanded, the business has expanded, the world around us has gone a bit mad. And um, I think to be honest, it, it probably feels like quite a different business in that short two year period. But obviously, in our in sculpted's lifetime, that two years is quite significant in terms of its whole age. So, yeah, things have changed massively.
1: And Amy, I understand that the business is on track to double in size this year. Will this have been achieved through new product development or by entering new markets?
0: I think it's a bit of both. I think we are constantly looking at our product portfolio. And, you know, one thing that I'm very conscious about, I suppose, given my roots as a makeup artist, is that everything makes sense to the brand stories. I often say that that. We don't just fire stuff onto the market because there's a trend or there's, you know, a new thing on the block. Firstly, it takes too long for us to react. But also, because we're a growing brand and a small brand, we want to make sure that it all fits within the one product story. So, yeah, new products have definitely um, attended to a lot of our growth in terms of, you know, us even making it into new makeup bags or bigger spaces shelves, And then actually growing the customer base. And like you mentioned there, new markets is definitely on our horizon. And um, very much so for, for 2022 in particular. So I think it all kind of plays a part in, in the brand's journey and growth, for sure.
1: And how would you describe Sculpted by Emmy today?
0: I would say we are, Sculpted is a great brand for those who love makeup and love their skin. So we like to make makeup easier. We've got a lot of multi-purpose heroes. We very much take the good for you approach in the sense of having that kind of skincare base to our base products, even though they are makeup. And I'd like to think, like someone actually said to us, we did a customer survey, I thought it was so funny. And it was like, no smoothiness, despite all the fabulousness. <laughs> I was like,
1: That's it's a good one. Brilliant. It's a good one. And I know that you have your eyes firmly set on growth in the Middle East market. So talk to us about yeah. your plan to gain traction over in what is well known as a lucrative market.
0: It is. Um, I actually visited there last weekend to do a bit of and market research and have a few meetings with retailers. Um, it's, you know, like you said, there's huge potential in that area of the world, and they are very much fans of makeup, which is brilliant for us, seeing as that's what we sell. Um, I think with any new market, you need to do a bit of research into who your customer is going to be, and we have based that based on say, consumer profiles on lo- online, as well as um, retailers that we're considering launching in with. Um, we need to look at our price points we need to look at like makeup trends in terms of what people like to wear on a daily basis so there's a lot that goes into kind of discovering that market to make sure that you're speaking the right language and but also showing people the way that they like to wear their makeup for example so it's really exciting it's got huge potential and it's an area that we've had in our sights for a long time now so it'll be exciting now to start the new year and with the new market under our
1: And in terms of market discovery, talk to me about what you found when you examined the cultural differences there.
0: So it's funny, like the Middle East, although they would have quite kind of distinctive cultural differences to us here, a large part of their customer base that we would be approaching is made up of expats, So local people from Ireland or the UK who have gone over there. So there's a bit of like a two way thing to look at in particular for the Middle East. Um, I would have assumed, to be honest, that the level of makeup wearing was far heavier than actually what we discovered. I think given the heat over there, it's not as heavy or so much makeup as what we would have expected, which is brilliant for us because we're very much at a little bit more natural tack, um, particularly on that day-to-day basis of how we wear it. So you can often be surprised about what your maybe assumptions are of a market versus when you actually dig a bit deeper what the reality is.
1: And of course, you operate in a market which has heavily utilised social media influencers Mm -hmm. and brand ambassadors in the past. Is this an avenue that you have explored?
0: So, yeah, I think we'd be lying if we said that influencers online weren't, you know, a massive way for us to market our products. Um, And today, we haven't actually done, I suppose, any like physical partnerships. And we've done different ways in terms of a collaboration. We've hosted events. We've collaborated on masterclasses. And... and it's amazing. I think we've got a really, really loyal, organic supporter group in Ireland um, that both live online and also our customers. And we're, we're so lucky. If, if anything, if we could replicate what we've done in Ireland in new markets, we'd be so happy because we'd have a really, like I said, loyal cult following slash, you know, community that we gain loads from in terms of insights on new products we get a load of recommendations in terms of what they'd like to see and maybe how we can be better and that ultimately makes us a better brand at the end of the day as well.
1: And Amy, how do you approach adding new products to the range?
0: Um, it's a constant thing. It's usually 3am notes on my phone uh, with random <laughs> thoughts that pop into it. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's such a busy market. It's so saturated. I don't mean that in a negative sense because there's room for everyone and everyone's making their own way and paving their own way ahead, but I would always try and put pressures on us to be like, How are we different? Or, or what are we offering that's that's different to what's out there. Um so yeah, there's a lot of random brain waves sometimes if I'm sitting on a plane or on a train or somewhere where my phone is off. And then you could see something that just sparks something. It can be totally random or it could involve all the teams sitting around a round table having a brainstorm. You just don't know but it's extremely consistent. Like, to put context on it, we signed off for Christmas 2022 a month ago and we hadn't even done Christmas 2021 yet.
1: How important is it for you to have a roadmap in relation to new product development?
0: Oh, hugely, particularly as the brand grows and, you know, we we don't get away with murder like we might have used to when we were just starting out in terms of, like, you know, things have to sit on shelf space. and um, You know, some of our retailers have to plan things in far in advance in terms of their own merchandising units. Um, And obviously for the team to get all the assets ready, like so much goes into just one launch. when you multiply that by six or seven like we would do in a year. It it takes up your whole calendar. So there's loads involved.
1: And whilst the business has doubled over the past 12 months, I'm sure it's come with its own growing pains and I'm sure that Brexit and COVID have added some complications to that too.
0: Definitely. You know, like the last kind of year in particular, I think I actually found this year more challenging than 2020. Um, I feel like, when COVID hit, it was such a shock to everyone and people were kind of finding their feet and we were, you know, being flexible and agile and, and finding new ways around things. But then this year, it was like the, the reality had set in. So things like freight and logistics just skyrocketed in terms of lack of space and cost. And, you know, the team has grown. We have hired a lot of people virtually over Zoom. And we haven't even met them. And thankfully, it's all worked out for the better. But definitely, I think any growing company, regardless, of having it during a time where Brexit, COVID and the Suez Canal blockage hit us in one six-month period, uh, it's been extremely challenging. But really, really rewarding to come out at the end of the year and say it's been very positive.
1: And has your target market for Sculpted by Amy evolved over the past two years?
0: I think when any brand grows, you know, you might hit new customers that maybe they weren't your target at the beginning. But, you know, through word of mouth, which is very kind of people, Having a makeup bag in a family and the new generation trying it will always expand us. Um, I think we very much sit in that kind of broad spectrum. Like we're very conscious in any campaign that we do that we showcase different ages and skin tones. So we often get you know really gorgeous feedback about that, which we're very proud of. So if anything, I think we have quite a wide age um, spectrum as it is, which we're thrilled about. Because you know when I started as a makeup artist, I was doing bridal parties that had like. Granny the bride and junior bridesmaid. So we had literally, you know, all ages in there. So I definitely want to sculpt it to, to be a brand that could cater for all those two.
1: And Amy, in terms of the mix between online and traditional retail sales, how would you characterize the revenue split now and going forward?
0: So the revenue split hasn't changed too much over the last two years. We still average about 40% of our sales coming from online and 60% um, distribution in stores. And that will always be a part of us. You know, there was a time maybe for a period of a month where I thought maybe we'll do an online strategy for every launch. And don't get me wrong, the whole virtual world has opened up so much just exposed way more opportunities than maybe what we would have anticipated prior to COVID. However, I think you can't ignore the value of being in-store, present with that customer, all the opportunities you can do in terms of how you can showcase yourself and create that experience. And I think we can see from sales that, The high street is going nowhere, particularly in terms of our stock, which is obviously so great. Um, So it'll always be a part of our strategy and approach in new markets, I think.
1: And Amy, of course, sustainability is now firmly on the agenda of every progressive business. So how was that built into your own product mix?
0: So sustainability is something that I think is at the top of every brand's mind. Um, I think if it wasn't, um, you know, you'd be in the wrong place. We've tried to take the approach of, of various different elements within sustainability. So looking at the waste factors, so we started the re program where we incentivize you to recycle with us. You send your entries back to us through free returns. We recycle them safely. We actually reward you at points. And we're also looking at our carbon footprint as a company as a whole um, in order to reduce that and work towards becoming carbon neutral. But then also in terms of the actual product portfolio, you know what we can do in terms of refills, what we can do in terms of better materials that have a better afterlife I suppose and you're using them through or recycling them or wasting them whatever it might be so they have a huge chunk involved and I would say we're just making small steps towards that
1: and of course last month you were announced as the winner of the emerging category of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year competition but what did, <laughs> what did this mean for you personally?
0: Do you know what? I have never in my life been so shocked when they called out my name. I literally was like, "What?" I couldn't even get my head around it. To be totally honest, like when I was named as a finalist in the emerging category at the start of the year, I felt like a total imposter. and like that's no word of a lie. I was so awkward because I was like, "Jesus, everyone else in my category is so good," Um, and then I kind of relaxed and realized that everyone was really lovely, and everyone is there for different reasons, and everyone's business does different things. It was such a lovely experience. And then obviously to be named the winner of the emerging category was surreal, but also like such a lovely ending. And I think if anything, like when you work for yourself and obviously I've only ever worked for myself, I've never worked for another company. So I kind of all I know is this. Sometimes it can be a bit lonely because everyone expects you to have all the answers and, you know, you're constantly on, you're constantly driving, which I love. But then you enter something like this and, and it, you have all these peers who are going through similar things, which it can be really nice to talk to them about, even if it's completely different industries. So then to be recognised as a winner was just, yeah, it was a lovely bit of validation that you don't often get sometimes when you're hiring yourself. So it was really, really nice.
1: And as you say, you started out the competition suffering from imposter syndrome, but did confidence <laughs> overtake as the process actually went on?
0: I think so. I think like anything, you settle into to this new surrounding. And I think, you know, having such a lovely approach from other business leaders that were with us during the program, be it from the alumni or from EY themselves or my own category alone. Um, I was in a category with like phenomenal businesses and I'm lucky to call some of them friends now. Um, I think you naturally just feel more relaxed and, you know, you'd be sharing stories around hardships or or opportunities that happens and celebrations and all that. And you realise, actually, it's a, it's a very small world and, and everyone can relate to each other in different ways.
1: And in your opinion, what made Amy Connolly stand out from the other entrepreneurs <laughs> in that category?
0: I'm still asking myself that same question. <laughs> uh, no, do you know what? I think, I think, honestly, the category was so strong. I'd say they had such a difficult time trying to decide who was going to win that. And the only thing I can think of is, you know, I'm 28. I started this straight out of college. Um, I've worked really hard like everyone does not they own their own business and I'm still lucky to own 100% considering the growth we've had so I don't really know what the answer is maybe I just talked the talk when I went into that judging panel room but um, I definitely would say they had an extremely difficult time trying to decide who that winner was for sure
1: and Amy as a young entrepreneur I would imagine that the competition was a great learning opportunity so what was the most important thing that you learned from participating in the competition itself
0: yeah, and um, there's loads of things like one thing that's involved in this kind of whole process is a CEO retreat week where they invite a lot of the alumni and the existing finalists um, to participate in and there's different talks and seminars and networking opportunities. And really, like it sounds really basic. One of the biggest things is about being a leader. Um, I think sometimes you fall into a business because you think of a product or a service that you want to be brilliant. But actually, you kind of go along with your own thoughts sometimes and it can be quite in my own head when i have those thoughts but actually vocalizing them and being a leader and showing the strategy to your team to carry them through on that journey is really important so something that's probably so obvious that anyone listening is going through that that's a given but it really opened my eyes to how to be a better i hope leader in the long term
1: yeah that's interesting and amy finally what is in store for sculpted by amy in 2022 and beyond
0: doing what we're doing and try and keep up the positive vibes that we have with our lovely community and obviously bring some gorgeous new products to the line again all that makes sense and that are really based on consumer demands that we've had lots of requests in for and then obviously looking at the new market space so if like i said at the beginning if we can replicate anything that we've done or achieved so far in ireland we'd be so thrilled because we've met the loveliest customer base here so we're going to keep doing what we're doing playing along and see how we go
1: Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Amy Connolly from Sculpted by Amy, and I'd like to thank Amy for joining us on this morning's show. We're almost at closing time here now at Business Matters, but before we go, next week's Best of Business Matters show will be at the slightly later time of 11am, so you'll have plenty of time to recover from the visit of Santa before you tune in.
0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.